In the endless reaches of the universe, there once existed a planet known as Krypton, a planet that burned like a green star in the distant heavens. One of the planet's leading scientists, sensing the approach of doom, placed his infant son in a small rocket ship and sent it hurtling in the direction of Earth just as Krypton exploded. Because of the amazing powers that this child possessed, he grew up to become what mankind knew only as Superman. Superman was believed to be the sole survivor of Krypton's destruction, but what many don't know is that two others recently made it to Earth. Lacking the superhuman abilities of their predecessors, they have taken it upon themselves to educate, entertain, and maybe even annoy humanity instead. They may not be faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. But they are... Ben and Vicky! That's right, amazing intro. We are indeed Ben and Vicky. <laughs> it was so exciting we had to stop the music. <laughs> that was just like a little, wait for it, bam. <laughs> You're listening to The Prop Showzel. I'm your host, Ben. And, and this is Vicky. We've got quite the show for you today. We were just helping you relive the 90s when you jumped while having your discman in your pocket. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going the old uh, running with the discman trick. Right? What the hell were they thinking with Jump Around? <laughs> <laughs> that song took two hours to get through. <laughs> that song was not made for Discman's. It was not made for the Discman era, that is for sure. But what was made for the Discman era was the prop shows all. We, were just, we were just several <laughs> decades late. That's right. This actually <laughs> works way better on your Discman, to be honest. Well, I, I like to think that we are versatile in that we can you know, cross mediums. If you want to go back old school, feel free to go cassette. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be putting out a box fair. set at the end of the season. No, we won't. Oh. <laughs> no, everything just said not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could probably be applied for most of our episodes. This is true. But I mean, if we're talking about old old timey technology and as when we, are we often not? are. Yeah. <laughs> um surely radio precedes all of those. Yeah, well, we we like I was saying, we've got to cover all bases. We've got the live, we've got the podcasts, and, you know, maybe it's time to branch out. Maybe. That's right. Me and Ben just took retro to its natural conclusion. Yeah, yeah, We're going to yeah. be releasing a wireless version of this. Feel like free to... Uh, Morse code version. If you uh, stay tuned after the show, you'll hear our, uh, our toll-free number that you can call to get the LP. <laughs> Speaking of toll-free numbers, here's one that isn't. 0427 767 or 0427 pop pop that is not toll free but it's pretty cheap so but if you would like a free web message you can send us a message at www.sin.org.au yes those are the text lines feel free to text in throughout the episode and we'll share your hilarity on the air so ben what is a prop shozel and how does it differ from the prop shozel well a prop shozel is just a single prop shozel ah oh. a, a a single proposal on the prop shozel is it I've just I've deemed it so. <laughs> okay. I'll call Webster. <laughs> sure. And the prop show is the show that you're listening to right now. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and for our first proposal, I would like to say that I propose to tell everyone why we are not on air next week. <laughs> Actually, I just propose to tell everyone that we aren't on air. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't need to explain ourselves. This is not the justification showzel. Sure. Well, uh, we aren't on air next week. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was supposed to be our big season finale We've next week. We've been axed much like Ted Mulray. Uh, Do you remember that? Nope. Seriously, he got axed by Kerry Packer halfway through his first ever show. You know that 
comedian oh, the, with this, like the fez. Was this America's? I mean, Australia's rudest, naughtiest videos? Or I something? think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they they aired that like a couple of years ago. What the first fifteen minutes that went to air? No, like the whole episode. Oh no way! Yeah, because because uh, Kerry Packer was dead. And Dead Boy was yeah, dancing on his grave. Like finally, we've been sitting on this for fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you heard the news? Put on the naughty videos. I, I never. I <laughs> that never was the call around Channel Nine. I never saw the show, but I think by today's standards, it was pretty lame. Yeah. Uh, like back in you know the early nineties or whatever it was, it was a bit like, oh my god, animals are doing it on TV. We can't show this. <laughs> and now it's like, well, I've got Discovery Channel. This is boring to me. They just put a funny voiceover and sound effects on top of it. Any old idiot can do that. Yeah. <laughs> As we have proved with the prop shows. Yeah. Uh, the reason is not that we've been axed. It's just come up to the end of our season. Well, they've got like, we was, they give us a call and they're like, oh, we've got big plans for your last episode. I'm like, great, can't wait to hear it. You're not going to be in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Oh. The big plans are we need to test the equipment. Yeah, something like that. Maybe they're just fumigating it. But <laughs> I was thinking, like, it sounded like from the phone call that it was like everyone on next Saturday is off air. But then they didn't actually specify that. That's kind of what I assumed. So maybe it's just us and they're like, nah, you guys, we'll just give them some call. But she she asks me, oh, yeah, is that okay? I'm like, well, what if I what say if no? no? Do I yeah. have to come in during mid-test? It's just like us talking over the test pattern. Of- <laughs> so we've got to... We've got to wrap up things today. The uh, last episode of Sin City is coming up for you later. And the usual weirdness is coming up right now, followed mm-hmm. by some unusual weirdness. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so just to explain what is the prop shozel. We propose ideas. Yeah, basically. Well, well, we've really cut that down yeah. across the season. Uh, we, that took up a good 15 minutes. Well, we start. talked about Australia's rudest home videos. We've got to... <laughs> We don't have much time left, annoyingly. We really should have thought this through. See, I'd like to propose something, Ben. Okay. That's the amazing, what, you're in the right spot. The Amazing Mole Race on Ice Tour Company. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, amazing reality show that we concepted in high school. Yeah. So, basically, it would be the mole and the amazing race. Together at together last. Together at last. Mm. Although, they're not that far apart, really, are they? It's not like we're suggesting, like, medium and... Um, Sorry, we had a discussion about medium before Vicky's the show. been thinking for this whole like first seven minutes. How do I segue medium oh into a company? Oh my gosh, we were talking about shows that are sort of middle of the road, like shows that you would watch if they're on, but you're not going to be like you're not going to go out of home. your way to watch medium probably. Because Ben was like talking about no, this is pointless. Anyway, we'll, we'll add that to the podcast. Any any podcast listeners, stay tuned for that very special chat about medium after Sorry. the show. We're just saying the ultimate example of middle of the road shows is Medium. Like, if you what were you doing last night watching Medium? It's like, oh yeah, didn't have much to do then. <laughs> and so uh, your amazing tour company thing. Yeah. So anyway, I would quite like to be on the Amazing Race, but I don't want it to be televised. But mm. also, I want the added threat that there's a mole. Oh, okay. Yes. So one of you is trying to sabotage the rest of the races. Well, I guess it'd have to be a pair. Yeah. It'd be kind of annoying if it was your partner. Yeah, like, uh, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> What's going on with me today? Baby, we've been married for 10 years. Why can you suddenly not write? <laughs> so I would like to yeah, suggest that someone makes a tour company that basically runs the amazing mole race, except for it's not televised. Why don't you want it televised? I don't know. I just, I don't like to be in the public eye, I say. Yeah, well, <laughs> speaking to the station. public. Yeah. Broadcasting across Melbourne. <laughs> how, how else are we going to see all your hilarity? I'll write it down. Oh, I'll keep, you'll keep a I'll journal. I'll keep a travel journal. <laughs> a 
don't you worry about that. I can't wait to read Vicky's amazing Ooh. race tour blog. Today, me and my husband had to go in a car. Despite 15 years of driving experience, he suddenly had no hands. <laughs> wow. That, this is a lot more brutal than the usual amazing race. Oh, he's a good mole. He is willing to show up his hands wow. to sabotage people. Hardcore. <laughs> Yes, so anyway, we're going to start with our first song of the day. Uh, now that it's 11.11 and you're all making your wish, I hope. This is Finders Keepers Down the Rabbit Hole, and they're a great unsigned band. Um, so you can find their details at www.finderskeepersmusic.net or facebook.com slash finderskeepers01. Yeah, don't go to the regular Finders Keepers Facebook page. Those guys suck. Yeah, they're the people that steal your thing and then sing that primary school song at you. Sure. <laughs> Losers, weepers, my friend. Losers, weepers. Traveling backwards, let the world roll by. Looking over your shoulder, right into his eyes. Down the
the little special effect at the end of that <laughs> <I know>. song. <laughs> it's a little, it sounds like a door creaking or something. It's like, oh, she's out of here. It was too emotional. <laughs> I'm leaving the building. That was your heart leaving its cold, dark, fetid place. Oh, that's good. That's I the sound c- of your heart coming out from its, uh, its imprisonment. Finally, a song I can relate to. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the sound of your heart. Yeah, it wasn't actually on the track. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Your specific dark black heart. Well, I sometimes can... it does that. Sometimes it beats, sometimes it creaks. What can you do? <laughs> I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, yours is more of a uh, samba beat, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like on a Casio tone keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Samba. I used to have this um, problem. At this when I <laughs> a separate problem to the Casio heart thing. No, it's similar. Oh, okay. I came back from Japan and I had a problem with my um, adrenal gland. So occasionally... You I were too <laughs> adrenalinized. I was. I didn't even need to go bungee jumping. Um, I didn't even know why I want the amazing voice on ice. But... Um, <laughs> You have to stop making faces at me, Ben. This is my normal face. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it mm. must be your, the movement of your heart that's getting me. Unfortunate. Put that in a song. <laughs> um, and basically, it meant that I had what this is called benign tachycardia. So for no reason, my heart would just hit the training zone in the middle of like a lecture or like while I was asleep or while I was driving. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I'd be driving along and I was like, what up? <laughs> you feel like uh, you should chuck on Eye of the Tiger yeah, or something seriously. to start running. And, like, it was really annoying. But on the other hand, I started running, like, superhuman distances. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got, like, 20 k's away from my house. And it was all forest gump. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I'm not. <laughs> anyway, Ben, mm. are you ready? I'm ready. I've been promised weeks and weeks ago yeah? that you would provide me a two-minute movie review. I said it was either your two-minute movie review or your two your $10. Well, I got my $10, but... I uh, I still have to wait quite the time for this, and week after week I'm like, Vicky! Well, it's kind of a battle, that's why. What? I was laying in wait. Did you win? I don't know yet. Oh, okay. I haven't read it yet. Well, I, in my two-minute review, review... I lost the battle not to do this. I went quite over time and going for about four minutes. Yeah, true. So if we're Massive going, penalties. If the battle is in terms of who is closer to two minutes, basically all you have to do is do like a three-second movie review and you'll have one. <laughs> Damn it. <Yeah. laughs> and I've got a whole two pages here. What was I thinking? <laughs> I accidentally made a liar of myself. I was saying that I was going to review the movie that I've most recently seen. And then you went and saw another movie? Yeah. Well, Burlesque was the last movie I saw on DVD. So that's what we're going to get the review of today. But then Foolish I went out with my friend last night and saw a movie. Do you want to give it a three-second movie review and so we can, you know... Armitage? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll do a three-second movie review of Looper that I saw last uh, night. Oh, yeah, go on. It was good. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what would I say about Armitage? Um, not enough twists. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it was really obvious. And my friend um, Amelia had a guy behind her that predicted the predictable parts. Yeah, like, you, have to so add, amazing. you have to add the predicted bit because it's like, I went to a movie, the, the girl next to me had a guy behind her, whatever. Yeah, that's right. I, I had a girl behind me. The movie was boring. What can you do? <laughs> I just started doing the girl to guy ratio count. <laughs> no. The guy behind her was like predicting all the really predictable parts. And she's like, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like people who um, you're in the cinema and they say what just happened. <laughs> like commentators on the film? Yeah, I guess. It's like you... Uh, I remember seeing Troy. Yeah. And there's like the Trojan horse and then the people are like, ooh, that's a Trojan horse. 
like, well, he knows his history. <laughs> yeah, this guy was like, oh my gosh, she's going to get a divorce. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did signpost that with the That's divorce right. papers. Dude. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when she was looking off the lawn at the window and angry at her husband, yeah, I had to probably start coming. <laughs> so I told Ben it was about a hedge. Yeah, I couldn't tell if Vicky was being truthful or not because... On the one hand, a movie about a hedge does seem unusual. But on the other hand, if anyone's going to go see a movie like that, it would be Vicky. <laughs> but no, it's not about a hedge. It's sort more of, of a shrubbery, if anything. Yeah, that's right. I would say a low neighbour screen, oh, if you will. I, that old phrase. Yes. I was going to go, you know, hedge seems like the more common term is what I'm No, it's sort of a bit lower than your hedge. It's just so your neighbours can't see your footwear. Ah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a bit of a boat shoe man and they're out of fashion then you won't be shunned by nosy neighbours. Agreed. Shall we get into the two-minute movie review of Bitless? You mean that wasn't it? No. Ah. <laughs> that was my three-second movie review of Armitage. Not about hedges. You went a bit over time. But I know, okay. right? Ahem. Ahem. <laughs> Have you heard about Burlesque? It's with uh, Christina and such. Yeah, it's Christina Schur and that guy from the OC, Volchek. And it's basically about they have a burlesque bar and there's lots of singing and stuff. Cam Gijande, I believe. Is it? I think Why so. do you know that? Because I saw him on TMZ one time. No way. What was he doing on TMZ? Walking down the street, a riveting program. Oh, my gosh. It was like the one with um, John Safran. It wasn't TMZ, but it was like the newspaper. You know, the eye or like the pink eye or I was, whatever it is. I was confused. I thought John Safran was on TMZ <laughs> for a second. I'm like, no. Doesn't he, seem like their demographic. He was on Melbourne's lame equivalent, the pink eye. Okay. <laughs> Well, Cam Gijan Day was not on the pink eye to my knowledge. <laughs> I don't think it's called the pink eye. That'd be really gross. <laughs> <laughs> we should start. That's our next show after prop shows. We'll do the... Uh... Well, I just called it the pink eye because I can't see very well. Because it said, oh, John Safran seen in St Kilda getting to a ca- into a cab at 3am. Yeah. And he's like, number one, I wasn't even there. Number two, I hate cabs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't believe in cabs. No, like, and he was like, number two, even if that was true, who cares? Yeah, it's like not it wasn't even like he was story. drunk or he got into a fight. It was literally like John Safran seen getting to a cab at three a.m. Scoop. Yeah, that's right. John Safran out past midnight. Werewolf rumors quashed. <laughs> I remember there was a good John Safran story going around where someone was pretending to be him. Yeah, of all the celebrities. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was like someone was called someone else Safran. <laughs> and so maybe it was like they were just pretending to be him and. Uh, I don't know what that gets you, is all. <laughs> I know. I feel as if so little, except for stories about you getting into a cab. But I feel disappointed that we've been on air for 11 weeks now and no one's been my doppelganger. <laughs> Shall we get into the review or no? I guess. <laughs> oh, I mean, we've talked about it and everything. <laughs> we have signposted it immensely. Yeah. The guy behind my friend Amelia is going crazy right now. <laughs> They're going to do a review. I just know it. <laughs> Can't wait till she talks about me more. <laughs> all right. So this is a two-minute movie review. Fingers crossed. Do you have a timer? Yeah, or you yeah. Just, I'm you? all good. All right. Ostensibly a two-minute review of Burlesque, 2010's film Burlesque. <laughs> it's the black long paw. According to Wikipedia, Burlesque is a literary, dramatic or musical work intended to cause laughter by caricaturing the manner or spirit of serious works or by ludicrous treatment of their subjects. The word derives from the Italian burlesco, which itself derives from the Italian burla, a joke, ridicule or mockery. I'm going to leave that obvious joke up to you. I love a cheap drink and a drink man, but I certainly don't go in for t- cheap jokes. If you're looking for a movie to watch while you create a life-size Shetland pony from freezer bag ties, I can tell you from experience, Burlesque is your man. Tell us the plot, you cry. Okay, here goes. A poet falls for a beautiful courtesan who a jealous duke covets in this stylish musical. Ah, uh, no, wait. No, that's the movie this movie wishes it was. Uh, ahem. 
A uh, small town girl moves from New Jersey in order to chase her dreams of being a songwriter where she encounters an Australian... No, that's not it either. <clears throat> oh, yes. Small town cafe. All hands off my booty. Hands on my pen to sign my check, please, kind of boss. Forces our girl Christina to sing and not in the way that he wishes. She sings herself right out of that small town. Suddenly a vampire in her newfound hometown, New York, our one Christina takes to only walking the streets at night, weirdly, until she arrives at the bar burlesque. A surprise to everyone apart from the audience, a burlesque club. She begins talking to aging beauty Cher in a bid to get herself a job and gasp, ends up as a waitress. Cute sexy waiter guy, anti-hero who will eventually save the day and steal the hearts of lady viewers. Stop the clock! Oh, that was about like a minute 15 or something. It's not the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need a few moments to pontificate on this. Why is it that in every single romantic comedy I watch, I'm supposed to just randomly fall in love with the lead male character despite the fact that they never have any good dialogue? Much like a late night infomercial, the guy is all abs and no words. Also, I can't shake the fact that he's still that ass who killed Marissa in the OC. If you leave, don't leave now. Please don't take... Anyway, and we're back. In a surprising twist whereby this film in no way attempts to be in any way different to Coyote Ugly, Alwan gets all her stuff stolen and has to move into Hottie McAbs' No Dialogues place after getting caught in the rain, the sexiest of meteorological events. Neither of them seems to have any problem with this arrangement, despite the fact they're both obviously attracted to each other and he has a fiancé, proving that what happens on the OC really does not stay on the OC. Peter Gallagher shows up and tries to be threatening in a hey, I'm your ex-husband and you have to sell this club kind of way, but ultimately is more likeable than the rest of the cast. However, Cher and her offside have a surprisingly cute subplot about their friendship that I didn't hate. Enough of that. Anybody, nobody ever likes a review where the movie is good. So then Kirsten Bell has a drinking problem. This, rife, this movie is rife with miscasting. No one that in love with sloths could Ever! And she speeds off in a drink-driving incident that leads to Christina having to sp- take the spot as lead singer. Everyone is surprised, again, aside from the audience. Tensions arise between our Christina and Five Minute Abs as Marcus enters the scene, ostensibly to bring sexy back, but secretly to bring evil back by taking over the club to build a skyscraper. Also, some stuff stop- happens, but basically our girl Friday and Volchek end up having sex. Cue his ex-fiancé who arrives on the scene, declares that she isn't, in fact, his ex-fiancé, and that he told her nothing was going on with Christina. Annoyed that her free ride of six months in his bedroom rent-free is over, she leaves. Anyway... Evil McBuyer building accidentally tips his hand by mentioning air rights to our main woman and she mentions this to the contractor who his new building would block the air views of. The only twist in this film is now where the audience is extremely confused that this apparently savvy businessman could make such a stupid mistake. Anyway, the club's saved. I know what you should do. Dance, but not just any dance. In the last five minutes of the film, we finally get some plot exposition on the old ab cruncher and a song that he's written is performed, thus endearing him to us in time for the credits. Oh, did I mention that she's back together with him and that Kirsten Bell is back on the scene and loves everyone for no reason? Group photo! The end. As if Kristen Bell needs a reason to love everyone, Vicky. As if she does. She's ultimately the world's most lovable person. <laughs> well, I don't know exactly how much time that, that was. It was about three <laughs> and a half minutes, but I have to do maths to get rid of your minute of apparently non-counted time. <laughs> so. I just find that in every film like that, that just this hot guy shows up and it's like, here's the guy that you're supposed to like, so just like him. We're not going to bother to make you like him. You just know that you're meant to. Yeah, I can see that you were... Uh, <laughs> You used my nickname, Hottie McAbs, no dialogue. (laughs) Slide that one in there subtly. Is that what people are calling you around the traps now? I assume behind my back. (laughs) I forgot to mention today's song theme as well, which is uh, Julian Casablancas, finally. We've we've been getting some requests throughout the season from Michael (laughs) to play some Julian Casablancas. So for our grand final episode on the grand final day, I thought we would finally grant his wishes. So we'll kick you off with Someday which is finally today for you, Michael. I feel like I need to go all Richard Mercer. Michael, you've been <laughs> asking us for weeks for this. Your someday has arrived. Here's someday as dedicated you to you by your cousin Ben 
and his friend Vicky. That was the Julian Casablancas that has been long awaited. People are texting <laughs> Not that in. other Julian Casablancas, although I secretly did hatch a plan to find really obscure Julian Casablancases, but there's surprisingly few out there. Yeah, it's not the most <laughs> common name, unfortunately. We got a text in, I assume from Michael, saying, Hells yeah, this made my day, just don't sing over the track at the end. <laughs> As if we would ever do such a thing. I know, well, who do you think we are? Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> professionals who... <laughs> Do this job well and don't pretend to accidentally turn off songs and call it skipping as a discipline. <laughs> um, uh, and now we're coming up. Please enjoy the awkward moment where we wrap up Sin City way prematurely. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a extended episode, a bit longer than usual, but that's all right. We've got no uh, celebrity heads as we finished off that last week. So we've got time for a, a double Sin City for us. We do indeed. <laughs> Previously on Sin City. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Sandy. Let's get new identities, skip town, and leave this life forever. Okay, I'm Jake Manley, PI. I'll be Carmen Sinclair. Turns out even Jake and Carmen have to pay rent. What a rip, let's go home. And now, the thrilling continuation of Sin City. So, this was it. After everything we'd been through in the last few weeks, we were right back to school, where it all began. I guess this would be the end for Jake and Carmen. It would be back to being Jimmy and Cindy from here on in. No more detective work, no more haunted houses, and most of all, no more Sin City. Let's face it, Sin City was an interesting experiment, but it's time to uh, move on or move back or whatever. I know, it's just that while Sin City may have initially seemed like a death sentence, I've got to say that things became strangely comforting in the end. I'm not saying I won't miss it, but there's something to be said for the familiarity of this place too. Yeah, it's true. While I did enjoy the casual stakeout or two, Seeing our classrooms again does kind of make me miss the whole routine that this place brought with it. So do you think we can just walk right into our old jobs? I mean, it's worth a shot. Knowing my students, if they've had a substitute for the whole time we've been away, then I'm sure any replacements have been waiting to be told they're free to leave since minute one. Cindy and I made our way to our respective classrooms. As I approached my old third graders, I could see a figure writing on the chalkboard. The students sat attentively on the floor in front of him. It was an odd sight. They'd never been that well-behaved while I was leading the class. They actually looked interested in what he had to say, and what was even weirder was he seemed to be passionate about what he was saying. It was definitely time to put a stop to this. I was going to march right in there, revel in the glory of my students celebrating my long-awaited return, tell the substitute that he was dismissed, and go back to giving that kids a half-hearted lesson on multiplication. Five minutes later. Cindy! What? Your plan didn't work. I tried to tell my annoyingly attractive and engaging replacement to leave, but he wouldn't have any of it. He just keeps smiling at me and muttering something about young, impressionable minds. The guy's clearly a monster. Really? I didn't have any problem. Apparently when the substitute attempted to teach my kids real coursework instead of my usual life lessons on three-card Monty and how to spot a snitch, the whole class rebelled and drove her to tears nearly every day until she just stopped coming. What is? No one's seen her since. Oh, you're so smart for raising a class of juvenile offenders that listen to no one but you. What am I going to do? 
I do have one idea. With a little help from my students, Carmen is finally going to get a chance to perform her magic act. Really? <laughs> it's only been 11 episodes. <laughs> what? Why don't you go invite your class and then you teach her to come along as a little peace offering between you two? Later that afternoon, the stage was set. Carmen had managed to put together quite an impressive display for her impromptu magic act. She had some kids working the music and the lights, while others was on smoke and mirror duty. I'm guessing there wasn't any dry ice on hand, because the smoke had started to fill the room was already making me a little dizzy. But it looked pretty cool, so I guess it was worth risking the potential fire hazard or in smoke inhalation. The third graders in my replacement filled up the audience, and Carmen began to introduce the show. Welcome, everyone. As some of you may know, your old teacher Jimmy and myself have taken some time off recently, but we're finally back and we wanted to reintroduce ourselves by putting on a bit of a performance for you today. Who likes magic? The crowd went wild. The lights dimmed, the music began to swell, and the show was underway. It was clear that Cindy was not messing around when she said she had taught these kids a few tricks. It turns out the sleight of hand you learn in pickpocketing 101 and hustling someone in cards actually translates quite nicely to putting on a magic show. Some misdirection here, and a few card tricks there. Cindy and her gang had actually made quite a team. Can I get a volunteer from the audience? Instantly, almost everyone put up their hand. Cindy squinted through the smoke and pointed to my substitute at the back of the room. How about you, sir? Clearly lightheaded from the thick smoke being filling the room with, for the past 30 minutes he tried to pass off the volunteer duty to one of the students. But Cindy was insistent. Our grand finale requires someone just the right size to fit in this box, and I'm afraid the children are just too small. Come on, kids. You want to see your teacher get chopped in half, don't you? This got another huge reaction from the crowd. Reluctantly, my replacement made his way towards the stage and got in the big chest that Cindy had prepared for the illusion. He looked like he was about to pass out from smoke inhalation, but being the superstar teacher that he was, he wasn't about to disappoint his students by backing out now. Cindy closed the lid and began the final trick of the performance. She pulled out a saw and started cutting away at the box. The music blasted through the halls, the lights flashed, and everyone was on the edge of their seats. The act was frighteningly convincing, and it appeared as if Cindy was indeed sawing the teacher in half. After the show, the lights went up, The crowd gave a standing ovation, and then they went back to their classroom, abuzz with what they had just witnessed. That was amazing. I didn't even realize you'd managed to perfect that trick. I didn't. Well, I mean, some of the blood did look a bit fake, I guess, but you don't want to traumatize those kids too much. They're only third graders, after all. No, I mean, it wasn't a trick. You know, I was never able to find a proper magician to work with and teach me how to do stuff like that. So I I just sort him in half for realsies. Surprise! Wait, like, in half-half? Well, I'm, I might have been a bit off-centre, but more or less. No, I mean, you killed him? Oh, well, yeah. Generally speaking, there's no coming back from that sort of thing. That's why it's so impressive when the real magicians do it. But the plan went perfectly. I made sure he had lost consciousness from the smoke and lack of oxygen in that box and just started sawing. The crowd screaming and loud music helped drown out any noises he might have made, and he was pretty out of it. But hey, now he's out of the picture, at least you should be able to get your old job back. Oh my god, we're we're murderers. There you go again, taking all the credit for my heavy lifting. If you're going to be taking all this wee stuff, then you'd better help me dispose of the body. And how do you suppose we do that? Uh, I think before Jimmy and Cindy settle back into their old lives again, it might be worth taking just one last trip into Sin City. And that's just what we did. 
We hauled the still impressively attractive two halves of the substitute teacher to Cindy's car and drove back to the place that we'd called home for the last few weeks. Luckily, the owners hadn't had enough time to change the locks on us yet, and we dragged the dead body to the cellar door. The last step of Cindy's plan involved dumping the body there. It wasn't the worst idea, as the basement was already filled with the remains of the dead Indian tribe. Hopefully, if the body was eventually discovered, it would be disguised among the rest. Hell, with any luck, those Indian spirits would appreciate our sacrificial offering. The drive home was unusually quiet. It took till we were almost home before I finally broke the silence. Hey, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Thanks for getting me and my old job back. I mean, personally, I would have started with a slightly less drastic method than murder, but that's just me. Glad I could help, Jimmy. Remember that first night in Sin City when we were in the alleyway and you were complaining that some guy hadn't texted you back after five hours? Yeah. Did he uh, ever reply? He did, actually, but it was never going to work out between us. He said he was looking for someone a bit more adventurous than your typical third grade teacher. Huh. was a bit of an abrupt ending. <laughs> That's the radio edit. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We don't have time for those last seven seconds of that song. <laughs> There's some really hardcore swearing in the last seven seconds. Oh, uh, yeah. You just went crazy in the recording booth, that Julian Casablancas. <laughs> That's right. It was 11th dimension if you want to hear the uncut version. That was pretty much 10 dimensions. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have time for all that. The 11 is basically like the other 10. <laughs> sure, sure. Good to know. Good to know. Proposal time. Yeah, girl. Seems. Sorry. <laughs> what did you call me? Girl. Oh, that's what I thought. I'm like, all right, different. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> I propose that that is not my new nickname. Damn. Mm. Okay. I propose that we've discussed on the podcast before when you go to see a comedy act and they lie to you. Yes. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and that you do especially don't appreciate it too when they lie to you in song. Well, in the Flight of the Concords song that I was using as an example. Ben was like actually disquieted. I was going to go with distraught, but that seems a bit strong. Yeah, I wasn't like tearing my brains out <laughs> yeah. over it. But I wasn't like peeling him off the ceiling or anything like it's going to be okay. But there was some deep disquiet within you. Yeah, it's the song for those who are familiar with Flight of the Concords. I've what song is it if feelings. we're not familiar with them? It's the same song, but <laughs> it probably means less to you. <laughs> I've become very caught up on conditionals lately. So I see. Yeah, I had to leave the classroom the other day when I was teaching, and I was like, if you need me, I'll be back in five minutes. What if they don't need me? <laughs> yeah, then uh, you won't see me. <laughs> That's it. You better let me know now. I'm quitting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in the start of that song, they specifically mention everything in that song is true and autobiographical. Yes. And so when I went... But now we know that was just to make a rhyme. Exactly. <laughs> because when I went to see them live, uh, they did a different version of the chorus where they talk about, I went to see a movie made in Manhattan. Yes. He said that he went to see Meryl Streep in, what was it, the uh, that movie where she's a queen or something like that. What? 
Meryl Streep. Oh, um, Iron Lady? Yeah, she, that was the example. They changed it to the Iron Lady as uh, their live performance version. Maybe it happened more than once. Maybe that's how badly he's got no friends. Well, I demand that to be in the verse. <laughs> I'd like to mention this is a twice happened occurrence. Yeah, because <laughs> it seems like if anyone was going to add that lyric, it wouldn't mess with the song too much. I would appreciate it a lot more. because. So you had hurt feelings well, in the end. Exactly, because up until then, I believed that that song was, in fact, autobiographical and as outlandish as some of the examples that they give, I assumed that they were still real stories as described in their song. My dad loves that song. He sings it every time I offend him. (laughs) (laughs) Because he can relate to it so much. So much. Mm. Daft, my birthday is not my birthday, Vicky. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you get him that song for his birthday? Amazing. The day after? Yeah. (laughs) On Kasingle, just because we're bringing him back apparently. What's Kasingle? That's a cassette single. I've never heard of that. Well, is that a thing? Do you, or did you just make that up? No, it's a thing. No way, really? It was, um, probably not that popular a thing. <laughs> anyway, I feel like you have one strong example of. Um, yeah, well, because this keeps happening. Lie. This keeps happening to me. Because it went, keeps happening. <laughs> well, I mean, like you, you can understand comedians when they're setting up their jokes where. They often pander to the audience. So I went to see Anthony Jeselnik, and I don't fault him for doing the whole, yeah. Best looking girls are in Melbourne. Exactly. I was just hanging out at a bar before the show. Like, you weren't. Whatever. (laughs) You weren't? You weren't taking a nap. Yeah. You look extremely well rested. I saw you do this joke six months ago, and you were hanging out at a bar before that show, and exactly (laughs) the same thing happened. But I'll, I'll give you that one, whatever. I understand that little, the crowd seems to love it. But I don't know why it's such a big difference to me. But he kept making jokes about his girlfriend. Yeah. And his girlfriend is Amy Schumer, who's another stand-up comedian. Mm. And he his jokes often revolved around how offended she was by <laughs> his jokes. And, uh, like, having seen both of their acts, they're very similar comedically. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that there's pretty much any chance that she was actually offended by this stuff. So it was like you coming in here and being like, oh, so Vicky in the car here was just like, stop proposing stuff, Ben. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) just a lie. But it's like, why not just tell the truth when the truth is probably not that different? Well, it's sort of like Guy Sebastian writing all these songs about how he's addicted to these girls and stuff. Like, the guy's been married since he was 19. Yeah, it's it's the whole lying to you in your your act, I guess. Or like, you know that new Rob Thomas song where he's like, yeah, you want her, but she's so mean. That one. Mm. He's married. He's been married for like 10 years. Yeah, it would be one thing if he wrote it 10 years ago, but now it's a bit disingenuous. Yeah, it's like, you don't remember what that was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I just feel that it's got to be pretty much the same thing. Like, why why change it to your girlfriend where it's like, well, some girl that I was talking to. Like, is is that that big a difference? Where is it like, you have to build up this Persona that is. Or make it your ex girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Then we'll all know why you broke up. That would make more sense. It just annoys me that there's these lies in. So obvious lies, I guess, in these kind of things. I feel like lies in song are more common. It just takes me out of it a little bit. And also, like, Hamish and Andy still have their persona of, like, oh, we're such losers. Mm. Like, hello, your ex girlfriend's a model and you're both making millions of dollars. But notice that. His, it's his ex-girlfriend. This is true. <laughs> Maybe he was so much a loser that they broke up. <laughs> Maybe money, money does not buy cool. Do you think we can keep up this uh, loser persona for much longer? <laughs> yeah, with our heady success. Yeah. I know we've, we've got to ditch it at some stage. I mean. <laughs> well, I propose we play Regina Spectre and The Strokes, Modern Girls and Old Fashioned Men. All right. And you were telling me a bit of a story about this. 
before the show. Yeah, the Regina Spector song. It's credited as Regina Spector and the Strokes, but apparently they were going to release it a little bit earlier and under the title is The Strokes and Regina Spector, but uh, Julian Casablancas purposefully made them change it because he wanted. He thought it was her song, I guess. <laughs> Shane does not like your feelings. It's entertainment, not reality. Deal with it. <laughs> I assume his name is Shane and he's not hitting out at his friend Shane. Yeah, he has deal the same with it, opinion. Shane. <laughs> it's entertainment, not reality. Deal with it, Shane. <laughs> Would you be, oh my gosh, if you have, if you want to insult someone in the car with you, yeah. be sure to text in and we'll read out your insults <laughs> slash passive aggressive thoughts to the person over the radio. <laughs> and it works for anyone else called Shane as well. That's so. right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that is a point. But yeah, what, how do you feel about that, Ben? Deal with it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Julian Casablancas, for that lovely, <laughs> lovely performance. I think Michael appreciates it too. He's writing in saying, deeply enjoying the variety of Julian Casablancas in today's show. Best prop showsel ever. <laughs> and our last prop shows for quite a while. I feel like there's another text. It says, <laughs> I'm glad they're fumigating next week. I hate spending time with you. I suspect that might be from my co-hosts right here. <laughs> so, yes, this is our last ever prop shows. Uh, you can continue. Or at least hopefully maybe we'll do it on next year or something. But... Yeah, we might come back for another season. Or the head of the station or the head of one of the shows has been texting me saying that there might possibly be a show next week. So, I don't know. Uh, well, if things change, yeah, big right. finale this week and <laughs> underwhelming last episode next week. <laughs> We'll go out with a whimper, yeah. <laughs> not a bang. But feel free to uh, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash propshowsel and subscribe so you can keep track of us wherever we go because we'll do more content, whether that's podcasts or on another radio station or again here next year, but we can't guarantee we'll be in the same time slot or anything like that. Or uh, if you go to iTunes and search for Prop Showsel or uh, Insane Ramblings, which is the, uh, the old podcast, you'll find all the old episodes so you can listen to yeah. everything we've done. And again, you can subscribe and then whenever there's new stuff, it'll automatically be downloaded to your computer. We've had a, uh, a three-year podcast before this, so there's definitely a lot of back shows for you to listen to, including shows during my time in Japan. Yeah, where uh, I asked Vicky about the tsunami and she was like, eh, whatever. Tsunami or earthquake? Earthquake, I uh, guess, but you were very under-helpful uh, in navigating that news article what are you gonna do <laughs> but uh we've had some good times we have over the last 11 episodes of the show i would say three out of 11 we've had headphones that work <laughs> well i i managed to uh, procure my own but uh vicky's attempted on several occasions to run a radio show without being able to hear it <laughs> i personally enjoyed cow chat to varying degrees of success yes cow chat episode uh, three i believe going back to, to some of the original prop shows it feels like such a long time ago vicky well we've had someone text in new prop shows for you guys make next season entirely about cow chat. Well, is that a you again texting in from beneath the cow? Oh, hell no. From beneath the cow? I was going to say beneath the car because, or from beneath the uh, desk or something because yeah. I was thinking about the people texting in about Shane in the car. Or oh, whatever. right. I, <laughs> no. Beneath the cow. <laughs> I so want to talk about this cow that I spent all my time below it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, good times. What, what was your good memories of the show so far? Well, we've had lots of good texters in. That's true. We haven't heard from uh, Damo this episode. Damo versus Peter. He's been a big staple of the last four or so weeks. Watch out for Shane, Damo. <laughs> yeah, Damo, uh, he sent us an email during the week asking how to avoid the grand final. I think it's pretty obvious. Just listen to this show instead. Yeah, that's right. You've done it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well done, you. 
And uh, Which is weird because he's a contributor to the AFL show before this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> who would have thought he was like, yeah, that was all a sham. And his profile picture, I think, is a picture of Carlton Football Club. Well, he's keeping up quite the ruse if yes, he's isn't trying he? to avoid the football. <laughs> Maybe that's so everyone will just assume that he already um, will be watching the, the AFL. Like, oh, that guy, he's probably got 10 invites for <laughs> AFL parties. We don't need to invite him. Well, it could either backfire or go quite well. Well, anyway, I guess we have to wrap up. Um, I guess so. Yeah, so feel free to continue to s- subscribe to the podcast, Insane Ramblings, or uh, hopefully we'll be back on another radio station or for another season next year. Yeah, just follow us on all the facebook.com slash propshowzle and that kind of stuff. And yeah. Propshowzle.com, and then you'll be able to find us wherever we go. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for all your hilarious texts. Well, we always finish up with one final proposal at the end of every show, Ben. Yeah, and... Uh, I thought that I'd mix it up a bit. And yeah, I, I ju- can I've I just been... get through this proposal, though? Because it is kind of the staple of the show. Yeah, okay, go for it. We'll... Oh, Ben, I think it's... I noticed that you're unbewifed. I am, actually. One thing about you is that you're unbewifed. I, it's been a while since I had a wife. It has been. And I thought that's why uh, I might cut you off there and okay. ask you to marry me. I don't know what to say. Well, it's a, a pro- proposal. It's the final proposal. I've I been considering of... what you've saying on the last ten weeks, and uh, I thought I'd uh, bounce it back to you. I, I've I've kind of been enjoying the chase. Yeah, me too. Let's let's not do this. Yeah, let's not get married. All right. <laughs> but you know what you should do? Listen to a song. This is Foo Fighters and Skeeton, Generator avec moi mashup. Close enough. See you guys. Is it not? Away sea boat.
Why are you picking up the phone? Because someone's calling in. Seriously? I think so. It's oh. lining up. No way. Okay. Hello? We have no idea how to do this. We warn people from the start, no one please call ever. We don't know how to use the phone. It says total call zero, but it, like, it lit up, so I assume it was someone calling in. Oh, that's awkward. Call, call back during the song. We'll try and work out how to do yeah, it. Yeah, seriously. Or just call me on my mobile and we'll hold it close to the microphone since we're so high tech like that. <laughs> <laughs> Insane ramblings.